Hey there, it's Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022, and we've got the latest cannabis industry news for you. So get ready, because this is the M News Now. New York's Office of Cannabis Management has announced that they've officially awarded the state's first 36 conditional dispensary licenses to social equity groups, moving the state closer to their first legal adult-use retail cannabis sales. In the group of 36 licensees, there were eight nonprofit groups and 28 individuals. This first group of licensees was chosen from a pool of 903 applications that were submitted. And the state will use that same applicant pool to also award licenses to an additional 122 businesses and another 17 nonprofits. But before they can do that, the newly awarded licensees will have to jump through a few more hoops. They'll need to submit a secondary supplemental application that shows approval from their local municipality before they're fully licensed and ready to go. And the state has a $200 million fund set aside to help these businesses get up and running quickly. And in addition to the countless New York residents who are very anxious for the legal adult use sales to begin, there are also dozens of licensed cultivators and processors who are also very anxious for sales to start, because they're sitting on an estimated $750 million worth of cannabis that's ready to sell now. New York has long been promising that illegal adult use sales would begin before the end of 2022. With just over a month before the end of the year, it's going to be tight, but New York says they're still on track. We reported last week that Cresco Labs, who's been in process of acquiring Columbia Care, announced that they're selling certain Cresco and Columbia Care assets in New York, Illinois, and Massachusetts to Combs Enterprises, which is owned and controlled by music figure Sean Combs, otherwise known as Diddy and previously Puff or Puff Daddy. The assets sold include facilities that will enable Combs Enterprises to grow, manufacture, distribute, and sell their branded products in the states where they're located which again were New York, Illinois, and Massachusetts. However, it seems that the state of New York just threw a wrench in the works for Combs. New York State Office of Cannabis Management has just released their proposed regulations list for the state. And while they're not yet final, they are likely to stay the same. These new regulations are causing a lot of headaches for multi-state operators. And with Combs Enterprises' asset purchase making him a multi-state operator now, his new acquisition may not be so great. The part of the new regulations that multi-state operators are really focusing on is Section 123.17d. It basically says that if you want to operate a licensed cannabis retail business in New York State, you cannot hold a direct or indirect interest in any licensed cannabis business outside of New York State. This applies to owners, operators, investors, landlords, or management service providers for any licensed cannabis cultivators, processors, distributors, retail stores, delivery services, or laboratories that are outside of New York State. The rule probably even applies to those who own stock or interest in a fund which happens to invest in a cannabis business. So if you want a license to operate a retail cannabis business in New York State, you will not be a multi-state operator you'll be limited to New York only. And you won't be able to have any financial ties to any cannabis-based business in any other state. It's worth noting, though, that this regulation only applies to those who are getting a license for a retail cannabis store in New York State. This also applies to Sean Combs' new asset purchase. Since he acquired assets from Cresco Labs and Columbia Care that are located in Illinois and Massachusetts, as well as New York, 
he will not be able to operate retail cannabis locations in New York State. On the other hand, he could still operate in New York's medical marijuana market. Those MSOs who are already in the state as a medical marijuana provider can continue in the medical market. They just can't get a license to have an adult-use retail store. Or the multi-state operators could reclassify themselves as distributors within the state. This way, as distributors, they could have their branded products for sale in retail stores that are owned and operated by other vendors. Likewise, existing brand names from other states could partner with distributors inside New York to create New York-grown products with their brand name on it for selling in other people's New York retail stores. Some people have commented that they love this new proposed regulation, and they feel it could keep New York's medical marijuana industry flourishing, pointing out that often when a state opens up to retail sales, the medical market dies down, whereas this rule could have the multi-state operators working to keep that avenue open and strong. On the other side of things, some have said that they feel this new regulation is terribly designed, and it will leave new retail store license holders with a lack of investors that have cannabis experience. Their thought is that perhaps the regulation could be modified to apply only to New York licenses for cultivation and manufacturing businesses. But as mentioned earlier, at this time, these regulations are just proposals and not yet finalized. Last week during a House subcommittee meeting, Texas Congressman Pete Sessions drew harsh criticism for comparing cannabis legalization to slavery. The statements were made during a hearing by the House Subcommittee on Civil Rights and Civil Liberties, which was being held to examine the many benefits of cannabis decriminalization at the federal level. Maryland Democratic Representative Jamie Raskin, who chaired the committee, opened the hearing on a more positive note by saying that decriminalizing cannabis would benefit a lot of communities, including especially people of color, individuals incarcerated for nonviolent offenses, veterans, and federal employees. Raskin also pointed out how it would benefit the small businesses by providing banking access for them. During the hearing, committee members heard testimony from the heads of several cannabis advocacy groups. Ultimately, the subcommittee members and witnesses finished their meeting by concluding that the federal government should establish protocols to regulate cannabis as it does alcohol, including by removing cannabis from the list of controlled substances. But it was during the meeting that Texas Republican Representative Pete Sessions caused a stir with his bizarre and highly offensive correlation between cannabis legalization and slavery. Sessions spoke about cannabis, saying, The product is being marketed. The product is being sold. The product has been advocated by people who were in it to make money. Slavery made money also and was a terrible circumstance that this country and the world went through for many, many years. Other committee members were quick to call out Sessions for his offensive comments. South Carolina Republican Representative Nancy Mace was the first to do so, calling Sessions' remarks a disgusting comparison. Maryland Democratic Representative Jamie Raskin, who chaired the committee, agreed with Mace, saying, I would begin by associating myself entirely with her remarks. And he added, I think we can all disavow that, and we apologize that the lectern was used for that purpose at some moment today. Birmingham Mayor Randall Woodfin, who was at the meeting to testify on how he pardoned several thousand Birmingham residents of their misdemeanor marijuana convictions, spoke after Sessions' statement. Mayor Woodfin said, While I'm on record, I would just like to say to you directly, your committee members, that putting cannabis and slavery in the same category is patently offensive and flagrant. 
Twitter user Luke Shepard used humor to discredit Sessions by pointing out that Sessions' argument about cannabis being used to make money could be applied to virtually anything. He wrote, Hamburger is being advocated by people who are in it to make money. Television is being advocated by people who are in it to make money. Wallpaper is being advocated by people who are in it to make money. And reporter Zach Lindley of News One wrote about how Sessions' statements smacked of hypocrisy, writing, It's just wild how Republicans are pro-capitalism and pro-the-past-is-the-past in regard to slavery until it's time to make erroneous arguments like this. Lindley also added that this was the dumbest anti-cannabis argument heard since Fox News's Laura Ingram tried to blame marijuana use for school shootings. The National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Law's political director, Morgan Fox, summed up the whole mess with a tweet, calling Sessions' statement shameful, and asked, Texas, when are you going to send Pete Sessions packing? That's all you need to know for today. Be sure to keep listening for the latest updates. And follow us on themnewsnow.com. Later. Later.